Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre reviews, theatre news, and theatre booze. Hello, I'm Oscar. I'm Alice. We are siblings. We do a theatre podcast for our listeners. Welcome back for anyone new. Like we said in the opening, it's theatre reviews, some theatre news, and we also make theatre-themed cocktails every episode, which we'll do today in my new home. I've just moved back to London. So I've been, yeah, I've been living out of London, so I'm back. Hopefully this means some more theatre. We've been away for a little bit. We've done two episodes, have we done, sort of since kind of COVID-y? I feel like we've been back with a bang. I feel like we've done some really good shows. Yeah, we've been seeing more shows. We've got three shows to talk about. We've got Hamlet at the Young Vic, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which if you remember from the last episode, that was my birthday. Oh yeah, Alice. which is the Disney touring production. And then, excitingly and surprisingly, you went to see Cinderella, which I didn't know you were going to see. I know you just saw it on the Instagram. Didn't yeah, you? I went on on my own Instagram. I looked on the stories. Thought, oh, Theatre Club's doing something. Well, I had uh, a connection um, with Andrew Lloyd Webber actually. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. But let's start as we always do with a uh, top tip. Yes. So my top tip this week. Um, actually, I wanted to talk to you about this because it's not a musical that I know huge tons about. It's at the Almeida Theatre, which one is one Ooh. of our favourite theatres in London. Because and they it's don't in, do musicals very often. No, and it's in North London in Angel. It's a great venue. It's a really modern theatre, so the seats are all really good. It's a slick operation in there, and mm-hmm. the, the things we've seen there of past have, on the whole, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, it's always interesting. So they're putting on a production of Spring Awakening, ah. book and lyrics by Stephen Sater, mm-hmm. music by Duncan Sheck, based on the play by Frank Wed- Wedekink, I don't know how you say that, and it's directed by Rupert Gould. He directed Inc., which we loved, which was about the newspaper, um, yeah. the Daily Mirror, the scandal and how that came to be. Oh, that'd be interesting. I mean, I don't know Spring Awakening either, other than that's the there was a famous production in the early 2000s with Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff, you know, from Glee. So that was kind of one of Leah Michelle's big, um, and Jonathan Groff. That was their big kind of, um, that's when they became very well known, I guess. And then she kind of went straight into Glee from that. So I don't really know anything about it. I don't. I know it's like, you know, it's on Broadway and it's won Tony's. They use like microphones. It's kind of rock. It's like a rock musical. Oh. So I think, well, at least in the Leah Michelle production that I have seen some clips of, it's like a sort of rock musical. I think they use mics, so it's kind of it's a bit different than your usual musical. And I think the subject matter is a bit like edgy. Well, it was it was based on a play that was banned in the nineteenth century. Yeah, I'd be kind of interested to see that only because I've heard it referenced a lot in sort of Broadway history, mm. but I know nothing about it. I don't usually love a rock musical. But then there's always exceptions to every rule. There are rock musicals I do like. So tickets for Spring Awakening at the Almeida go on sale on the 18th of October. It's really hard to get tickets to the Almeida at the minute. Well, the Almeida is a small venue. I mean, we've been trying to do Macbeth and that's been impossible. This one is going to be get ready on the 18th, basically, if you want to get tickets to Spring Awakening. It will be popular, I think. It's on from the 7th of December to the 22nd of January. So it's quite a long one. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I can't wait to tell you about Cinderella anymore. Yes. Okay, so tell let's talk me. about Cinderella. How did that end up happening? Because so that's like the my friend the works, show in town. I know, my friend works for Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, wow. A friend of a friend. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I'm dying to see Cinderella. And she said, come along. What? Yeah. It was wow. as easy as that. She didn't say like, come along, bring your brother. Um, it was, it was my, fr- it's a connection through another friend. Friend of a friend, okay. You know? So you can't be like my friend's friend's brother. I'm like, yeah, so can I bring someone as well as coming with you? That's true. I'll choose to be understanding then. Yeah. Also, I quite like, I was like, if it's, I wanted to go with my friend and then I was like, if it's amazing, we could go back together. Oh yeah. I'll still go see it. Also, you can't turn these opportunities down. Exactly. Someone's, someone's you like, don't want to be awkward and be pushy. 
I didn't pay look, for the ticket. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Exactly. Baby. I just said yes. They look I'll like do... good seats as well from the Instagram. Oh my God, Oscar. Like, we got in there. First of all, we got a bottle of Prosecco. Which, I saw that too. I know. <laughs> Bougie. Which was really fun. And the staff at the bar was so lovely. And you know how I like to add a little drop of Saint Germain to my Prosecco? Oh, yeah. They did that for free. Wow. Yeah. The staff Cheers. were lovely. Um, the New whole theatre has been right? revamped. Mm-hmm. So um, Classic ALW. ALW has refurbished the theatre. It felt very open. I was looking around at all the other seats and I thought, it's actually a good good viewing from every seat in here. Yes, I've only ever been there once to see Showboat. And it's that a bit like the National. It's one of those... Uh, sort of that period of theatre where they're quite like it's almost brutalist. hexagonal yes but like they're, they're very open aren't they yeah very open mm. and when we got to our seats I was thinking blimey like this is incredible because we were in row I of the stools and in front of us was like it's like two stool two seats had been removed mm, it was nice. a huge walkway yeah oh it's just lovely and that's right by the exit and yeah, we had that Prosecco and we didn't get a program. I should have asked for a program yeah. really. I know. So yeah, let me just talk about who's in the show. So obviously Carrie Hope Fletcher is playing Cinderella mm-hmm. and she was in Heathers, which yep. you're going to see soon, aren't you? Yep, going to see on tour. And I've never seen her in anything. And her voice is amazing. Like it's crystal clear. She, she's got great range. She's not kind of, she's, she's very sort of kind of charming and yeah. she's quite funny Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why she's got a huge following, isn't it? I feel like people just are in love with her. She's relatable. And her personality, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and she's playing Cinderella, who's quite sarky and punky. And but yeah, because this is a bit modern, isn't it? Yeah, like it's slangy. Like... And Emerald Fennel is one of the is the writer, yes. isn't she? Yes. Who did um, Promising Young Woman? Have oh, you watched that yet? No. With Carrie Mulligan, it's dark, but it's good. Oh, I want and to she see wrote that. for the second series of Killing Eve. Oh, yeah. And she's also, does she play um, Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown? Oh, okay. Well, it is quite gothy. Like, Cinderella's gothy. She's got Dot Martens on. She does her big song, like, which is the kind of catchy song, is Bad Cinderella. Yeah, I've heard that on Elaine Page. Yeah, and then the, um, the, her love interest is played by Ivano Churko. He plays Sebastian. So his big song is called Only You and it's like a kind of very soppy love ballad. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I feel really bad, but he did, he hit a bum note and it was oh, really no. funny because <laughs> it was quite screechy. Oh, but no. he's, he's, fre- he's like his graduate. He's never oh, really? been in anything. He's fresh off the boat. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was nice to see somebody new and he was good, but he was very, it was quite OTT, his performance. Like I felt mm-hmm. like he's like, Cinderella. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was very soppy and kind of just like over the top and I wasn't sure if I was like it, it felt a bit broad to me his yeah. performance um but then in the second act he has a great big dance number where he breaks it down and he does this huge and I was like oh I get it that's why you've been cast oh this a really boy good dancer. can dance oh cool and actually there isn't a lot of dance throughout it mm-hmm. um the only other like memorable bit of dance was the there's a great big camp number with the kind of men of the court and they're talking about Prince Charming and they do this very camp butch masculine um, with kettlebells and they've all got the tops off. Oh, it's, fun. And that's quite fun. Yeah. But apart from that, there wasn't any big dance numbers in it and that kind of disappointed me a bit. I think after seeing Singing in the Rain and then Anything Goes. Yes, we've seen some real dance Yeah, shows. and then I'm like, oh, I, I, want an, I want a big dance number. So the other thing to mention is the set and the stage is 
amazing. The stars in the ceiling, the, the every bit of set looks fantastic. It works, like it, the set moves are great. There's never anything not happening on stage. It's a feast for the eyes. And after the second act, my the reason that there was a massive gap between me and those like first four rows on the stools is because those four rows turn round and they mm. become the back of... I'm now looking at them and they're looking at me. Wow. And the whole set stage, the circular stage, is turning around and that's uh, the ballroom scene. Yes, I heard about this. That's amazing. That's so, so, so I, I got... I got something I know. Like that. It's just incredible. And I'd got an ice cream in the interval... And I hadn't really thought, well, I'm now going to be, I'm, I'm now front of the stage. Oh, wow. I have four yeah. people in front of me. They're now sat at the back. And, and so now everyone felt like it was looking at me, which they yeah. weren't. But I had like chocolate ice cream running through my fingers because it's going to melt. But yeah, the, the ballroom scene was incredible. And that felt like really spectacular. And that was a kind of wow moment. Um, the other thing that I mentioned to mention is the costumes and the wigs. The oh, yeah. wigs are next level. Oh, really? What sort of styling is it generally? Is it a modern, all modern kind yeah, of... Yeah, really modern. So like the stepsisters are wearing kind of pink neon chiffon with pink bows in their hair. They're like Kardashian-esque, Paris Hilton. Okay. Like I loved it. I absolutely love the costumes. The queen's just covered in like diamante and... But in a kind of regal way. They're just just really, just amazing. Yeah. And what's, and... The, what's the book... To go back to Emerald Fennel, what's the book like? Is it funny? Is um, it- yeah, it's really comic. It's very slang. It's very modern. I don't know how well that's going to age. Um, but the book is... Yeah, I don't know if all the jokes land. I don't know if it was... It's, it's very broad. Well, it's hard with a Cinderella to not go panto because it's one. It's a panto show. Mm-hmm. As in, it's a show that is done for panto, like Aladdin, like some of that. It's hard to do it and for it not to feel panto. Mm-hmm. Did it ever feel panto or was it... Did they it keep did it feel of- a bit panto. Mm. Um, just because it, I guess, yeah, it's a fairy tale story, but I don't think, I think you could do still, they could have done it a bit darker even, or they could have done it a bit more serious. Yeah. I think they just, it was just too jokey for me. All throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing that I, that I, um, want to talk about the, the sort of absolute standout performance for me was the stepmother. She was played by Victoria Hamilton Barrett and she's got this really husky voice and incredibly, expressive face almost like a face it re- her face reminded me of um dame edna everidge oh, okay. like in that kind of eyebrows and great big whites of the eyes and the mouth that can turn down and up i did yeah she got all the laughs yeah she stole the show and actually almost kind of for me made everyone else's performance you know it kind of shone out yeah even more than carrie hit fletcher yeah oh interesting i couldn't wait for her to come back on stage yeah she has a really great song with the queen and they do a sort of two-handed double act thing about you know, a kind of, I can get one over on you. And that's, yeah. that was great. And I would have loved to have seen more of her. Oh, the other thing else that is worth mentioning is in this, in the um, second act, there's another, there's like a great big reveal at the end, which I'm not going to tell you what it okay. is. And they kind of do some clever gender flipping and sort of, you know, they make a bit of a statement and mm-hmm. you think, oh, I love that. Okay. That's a yeah. cool thing that you've done. You've chosen to play with the narrative and the traditional structure of something. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I applaud that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I liked that. Um, I won't tell what it is, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, on a whole, it was fine. It was fun. Uh, yes. But I'm not going to be like, you have to go see it. Oh. Because for, for like for me, and I think you're the same, I just think it was a bit, it's just a bit too broad. Interesting. What was this, Andrew's music like? Other than Bad Cinderella, which I've heard, and you mentioned the stepmother's song was good. 
uh, generally were there was the music good were there any massive duds were there any it was just it was just forgettable that's the problem uh. it's like when you look at some shows it's like making a cake you've got the incredible sets you've got the scenery that's moving seamlessly the direction of what people are doing even when other people are singing is perfect the choreography mm-hmm. is great the costumes as i said were sh- like amazing and the, they've cast it really well but the actual songs like the bread and butter not not anything that i remember i didn't yeah. leave thinking oh my god i loved that song whereas mm. when i left sunset boulevard another angie lloyd webber musical i listened to the entire album the next day yeah because i love the songs mm-hmm. and yeah. i don't love any of the songs in this no i mean bad cinderella's the only one i've heard and it's okay but it's mm. not yeah it's not quite the anthem that i don't know no it, it could be for carrie hope fletcher especially yeah interesting but you'd recommend i go see it still so i sat in row i and then the two rows behind me j and k they're all 129 pounds and that's for the center of the stalls you can sit further back of the stalls Mm -hmm. center um and go to for sort of 90 pounds i would recommend you go still still say middle of the stalls row j but go on the side for 40 pounds oh that's all right 40 is not terrible because it's an open theater yeah and do they perform because it's a do they perform kind of out? You're yeah. not ever feeling like you're looking at the side no. of them? No. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely... So you think it'd be it'd worth be spending £40 on? I, I don't know, Oscars. Like, £20? Yes, go see it. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't love it enough. Interesting. Because some stuff... Like, you know how some shows, like, um, Anything Goes. Yeah. We were like, the story in this is absolute foo-foo. It yeah. makes no sense. It's just nonsense. Yes. But it's 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 worth every penny because of... Everything else about it is just so yeah, good. The songs, the dance, the, yeah. yeah. Um, this, the songs and the dance in this are kind of just like average. They're three stars. So yeah, I'll go see it, but I'll try and get um, cheap ticket deals. Is it on Todaytix? It's not on Todaytix. Oh, interesting. So um, you no. just have to pay. Okay. So Cinderella is on at the Gillian Lynn Theatre until May 2022. Oh yeah, silly me. I called it the New London Theatre earlier. I forget. It's the first first theatre named after women that's not royal, obviously. We've got the, all the sort of Queen Victoria, Queen Elizabeth theatres, but it's the first theatre in London named after women. Mm-hmm. Shocking. And, yeah, I know. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. I know you've got all those bloody Lillian Baylor circles, but they won't give them, won't give her her own theatre yeah, yet. Yeah, I know. Like, why hasn't Dame Monica Mason got her own theatre? Absolutely, darling. <laughs> okay, um, sorry, when's it currently booked until? So Cinderella is on at the Gillian Lynn Theatre until May 2022, and there's lots of ticket availability of various nights. Cool. It's definitely worth seeing. It's If you've got tickets, you're going to have a great night. It was mm-hmm. a fun night out, but it's not something that I'm going to say to people, yeah, you should go and see it. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I would recommend it to like any of my friends. Oh, interesting. It, it's just, well, I guess it's, not over something else as well. Yeah, it's just, it does, for me, it doesn't hit anything. It only hit, like, hit a sweet spot for me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned Sunset Boulevard. Segway. Um, didn't you tell me there's a concert of Sunset yeah. Boulevard coming? Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. Well, actually, last year, or the year before, um, at the Alexandra Palace, they did a concert performance of Sunset Boulevard. And I was really, really wanting to see it, but for one reason or another, I couldn't go. And now it, it's obviously done really well, so they're doing the same thing again. ZZ Stralin's in it. Ooh. Or is it Scarlett Stralin? I never remember who's in Mary Poppins at the moment. It's one of the Stralins is Australian. in... Australian is in it. Um, so it's on at the Royal Albert Hall for one night only. 
on the third of December. And third, it's okay. Third of December, and it is starring Zizi Strallen. Oh, Zizi. Okay, fine. But who's playing Norma Desmond? She's obviously not playing Norma. Maz Murray. Oh, cool. Zizi Strallen is playing Betty Schaefer, who mm. is the secretary who um, works at the studio and helps the writer write this movie. Yes, I like their little love duet yes. ballad that, that keeps recurring. That's she's, nice. She's going to do that amazing. Oh, well, it's good that's happening because they've just, there's been news that the film, Glenn Close is still trying to get a film version made starring her. Um, and that's been put on hold again. It's not going to happen. And just, the thing is, she's just too old. And I don't mean that in like a, oh, too old as an actress, but Norma Desmond, I think the idea is that she's in like later life, but is still trying to relaunch her career. I think Glenn Close is too old to play it on film. On stage, I think it was great. Mm. I'm happy to like suspend my disbelief and to see Glenn Close. But as a film thing, I think Norma Desmond's supposed to be... Like 40. In her 40s, yeah. like sort of too old for Hollywood back in that day, or also back in this day, sadly. Yeah. But just kind of trying to give it one more go. But anyway, that's... Yeah, that's right. that. Apparently that's on pause again. That's just like, you know, the gypsy film that, again, Barbara Streisand was trying to get a gypsy movie off the ground starring her. And again, she's too old to have small children. Yeah. Leads me nicely into they're doing a concert of gypsy at Alexandra Palace. Ooh. Um, And it's kind of different. It's not like um, they're having multiple actresses play Mama Rose. So they've not got one actress doing Rose that's going to go through the whole thing. I think they're going to take different numbers each. So it's more like I'm a musical concert rather than a staged concert of the production kind of thing. And it's got some really good people like Samantha Spiro, who we really like. It's got, what's the actress from The Greatest Showman? Uh, Kira Settle. Um, who was she in The Greatest Showman? The Bearded Lady, who sings oh. This Is Me. So she's going to be in it. Rebecca Locke is also one who we saw in Curtains. We really liked her in that. And Tracy Bennett, who was in Follies, who sang I'm Still Here. She's amazing. So I think they're going to be incredible. Mama Roses, and it's kind of amazing that we'll get to see lots of people do it. It's sort of, you know, you're getting extra bang for your buck seeing different variations on it. So the Gypsy concert is the 21st of February, 2022. So again, it's one night only. And they have tickets ranging from 80 and 70 pounds in the stools, then 62 further back. And then at the back, which is probably what I'll go for, 40 pounds back of the stools. Um, I think they'd be quite good seats. So I think we'll definitely book that because you live near Alexandra Palace or sort of nearish now. So that'll be quite a fun night out, I think. And I just love Gypsy. Just I would pay just to go and listen to the score being played. Like they did it at proms a couple of years ago. And it's just such a good... The Overture. I was just about to say the Overture is the best. The Overture, that's what I meant. I would pay just to see the Overture. Um, the Overture for that and the Overture for Top Hat are my two favourite Overtures. Really? Top yeah. Hat? Oh. Mm-hmm. The Nothing Beats Gypsy, the... The Overture for Gypsy is amazing and then just, oh, just makes you want to, makes you want to watch it. So yes, definitely, definitely I'll be seeing that. Yeah, those, those two little concert productions. Um, let's do our next review, which is a touring production by Disney Theatrical and it's Bedknobs and Broomsticks. You bought this for my birthday, a ticket, because it was a film that we really loved growing up. It's one of those Disney films that you either don't know and haven't seen or you love, I feel. It's sort of like the misunderstood, because it's 
somewhat derivative of Mary Poppins. It came in sort of a little after Mary Poppins, 1973, obviously trying to capitalise on that vibe. An adult female figure who's a bit quirky, a bit magical, who teaches children a lesson. And they did the same thing they did in Mary Poppins, where there's the animation. Yes. They used the animation halfway through. Exactly. To have a cartoon kind of underwater bit. And Angela Lansbury was in it. Um, anyway, we loved it. And so this production, we've always said they should do a, a stage production just because we love the film. And they finally have. And so this has been touring since August, I believe. We saw it in Woking. So it's a Disney theatrical production, which means that Disney are officially involved, obviously. And so it uses all the music from the film, which was done by um, the Sherman Brothers, who did Mary Poppins, as well as a slew of other Disney films. But this obviously has some new songs because... The original film actually doesn't have that many songs in it. So new songs are by Neil Bartram, who I haven't heard of. What were the new songs? Uh, what were the new songs? So there was the one that... Um, do you know what? I guess that's, I mean, not a great way to lead into our <laughs> review of it, but they weren't particularly memorable. Yeah. I don't want to start on a negative, but let's just say the old songs are there and they were great, but the new songs, no. Mm-hmm. They, none of them were memorable, sadly. No. But should we start with, let's start with Diane Pilkington, because she plays Eglantine, which is the role that Angela Lansbury played. And I think she was really good. I do too. She has a great voice. She has a strong voice. She's a good actress. I felt like I was in a safe pair of hands. Yes, and she is a safe pair of hands. People will know her from, she played Glinda in Wicked. She's done Mamma Mia. I saw her in Young Frankenstein. So she's a seasoned performer. And you could tell she really had a command of it. And you have to do in a show like this because it's... Three young children, although one of the children in this is played by an actor who's probably 20 years Mm -hmm. old, which I think you have to do again because the two younger actors, one of them was really cute. The other was a bit ropey, maybe, um, but very young. So it's to be expected. So you kind of need that and you need her to sort of anchor it all. And I thought she did. And I thought stepping into a role like Angela Lansbury's, you don't want to do it exactly the same but you want to keep an essence of what that character was. And I thought she did that well. She was very good. And let's talk about, because it's a magic, a show with lots of magical elements. Uh, what do they call it? Sort of illusions, stage illusion designs, which were by Jamie Harrison, who did Cursed Child, the Harry, the Harry Potter show, yeah. did Child and Chocolate Factory, the Sam Mendes production, Pinocchio that we saw at the National, another Disney theatrical. And I thought most of the illusions were really good. Mm-hmm. So the first one was A Step in the Right Direction, that number, which was a song that was taken out of the film um, that Angela Lansbury did, but you can still hear the recordings of it. But they lost all the footage. They weren't ever able to restore it in the film. So that was nice to see that number staged. And well, that... imagine filming something for however many days it took them to film it and then they lost the footage. Well, they didn't put it in the original film. It got cut. So they had the footage, they cut it out, and then later oh. they did a remastering and they decided to put it back in and then they couldn't find it. It got lost or damaged. One day maybe it'll turn up and we'll get to see that. I know. So that was nice to see it. And that that number was when she first got her broom and learned how to fly. And I thought that effect was done so well. Really clever. Really, really simple. They did it mostly with lighting, but it worked really well. I can tell you how they did it. It worked for me. I I don't want you to tell me how they did it because I actually just thought it was a flying broomstick. Yeah, it was really good and it wasn't... It wasn't done with wires, as in she wasn't in a harness, and that's what was really good, because we've seen that was a lot. She? No, she wasn't in a harness. Not not a harness on wires like you might yeah. see in a Peter Pan production. It was done slightly differently, and it was really, really well done. That was fun. And I think that that number, Step in the Right Direction, they should have made more of, though. Mm. And that was one of my things 
throughout the show, to go back to something maybe slightly on the negative, is that um, Neil Bartram's new music wasn't great. The old music is, and I feel like you need to beef it up more. Mm -hmm. Like, take what you've got that's really good. And if you think of, like, a Cameron Mackintosh production, like Half a Sixpence that we saw, like, he knows what the what the good bits are and he just keeps bringing them back. Obviously you don't want to overdo it like Andrew Lloyd Webber does sometimes like keep bringing themes in but when there's something you like put it at the end of the first act put it at the end of the whole show just keep bringing it back so that when you leave the theatre you're like yes because that's the thing you're humming and you I and I like... both noticed that there were there were moments where there was almost nothing happening in the music but something happening on stage yes yeah, so in the bed when it flies that effect was done really well the the bed lighting up and it looked just like it did in the film that psychedelic um when the bed goes all shiny that was cool and then the bed flies and that's really, really well. magical however i want some sort of music to go with it because in the film it's the age of not believing and it's done with the score really big and they they kind of did that, but not enough. I feel like I wanted Nothing, them to sing it. We were it looking or... at them, and they weren't saying anything, or there was no direction of the people on the bed. They weren't going, wow, look down there. They were just on the bed. Yeah, and we needed, I needed more. We need something to happen. We need big music to yes. happen underneath that. So I thought the magical moments were great, but could have been more magical. I think the problem is as well, one of the biggest things for me was like, you know how I was saying in Cinderella, there is... When something isn't ha- when something's happening on stage, everyone is doing something. When the scenery changes, people are dancing in the front while the scenery changes. Right. The scenery changes in this, or when people just had to move, it was kind of you felt like you were watching a scenery change. Yes. The direction just wasn't quite there. No. Portobello Road was a highlight though, and that's because within the film, I guess that's the big showy showy number because that's when everyone's dancing in the street, and they did make the most of that. And I don't know why they didn't take what they did with Portobello Road and put it into everything else. I feel like they they beefed yeah, it up and the enough. energy and the, the chorus and the dancing of Portobello Road sounded excellent. Like they yes. really worked on that song. It sounded amazing. Yeah. But even for me, the sets in that, mm-hmm. that's when they go to Portobello Road and they're looking through all the bric-a-brac stores and the antique cellars. They had used stools, but they had painted the props onto them. So mm-hmm. it's like if you imagine a, a stool seller and he's got all the lamps and the books, they were all, they were all just painted scenery. Yeah. Can we not just have a real lamp? Can we not have some real books? Can we not yeah. get a, a great big set piece for that with some real yeah. antiques? What I will say, though, is this is a touring production. And that means, firstly, you have to be more versatile in what stages you can fit on because they'll be going to all different sorts of theatres. Budgets will be lower. And... But I don't know if I... In, could you see this being scaled up for the West End? And I guess there are moments where you'd scale up the set and you'd make those bits bigger. But what I think wouldn't work for the West End and you'd never be able to scale up is the lack of new songs. Mary Poppins, I know you didn't enjoy it and I know I haven't seen it, but I've listened to the soundtrack and I think the Styles and Drew additional songs, practically perfect, anything can happen if you let it, they add something. They, add, agree. they agree. add what the film is lacking for the stage kind of thing, as in some bigger numbers. And this didn't add any bigger numbers. So all we could rely on is the ones that we knew from the film. And that's not a lot. But if they'd done it well enough, I feel like we have such a love and nostalgia for this mm-hmm. piece that if it had been done well enough, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if there's one good number that's done incredibly yes. well, I'll go back. Yeah. And this, it wasn't, nothing was kind of really like up there for me no i think children will still enjoy it because you know but it's overly long still for children i think yeah and even at the end in the film there's a there's the amazing bit where all the armor in this museum comes to life 
that could have been done. That's, yeah, they struggle. You know, they with have that. like two pieces of armor come to life. I want every member of that cast on that stage in a piece of armor. Let's use everybody that we've got. Yeah. And they didn't even do that. Yeah, I think yeah. But But if your kids love the film like we do, I would and go and see it still. It's in your local theatre. Go see it. Yeah, and it's going to loads of theatres. I can't even list them all. Manchester, Sheffield, Aberdeen, Glasgow, Leeds, Bristol. It's going Liverpool. It's going on until May the 1st, 2022. So there are lots of opportunities to see it. I think kids will like it. I think there were some great effects. I guess because we like the film, we know it could have been more. Mm. And I feel like it's a, it's a bit of a missed opportunity but could it be worked up to be something? I don't know. It would need new songs for me. You're right, it's a missed opportunity. So yeah, but we still had a nice time. It was yeah. still great to go and see it and relive that. But yeah, ultimately a little disappointing. It just made me want to watch the film again. Yeah. I love the film so much. Yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah, we should we watch should. that soon. Um, before we do that, shall I make us a cocktail? I thought you'd never ask. So I this, love the colour of this, it's peach. Yeah, so this is a take on a gimlet. And a gimlet is just, it was traditionally just gin and Rose's lime cordial. And then, but now people usually do it with gin, fresh lime and some sugar syrup. But this one is a tea infused gin with mm. a with fresh lime and some fresh lemon. And then I made a tea, well, with a tea bag, just a tea sugar syrup. I love it. And so it's called the Hamlet Gimlet to tea or not to tea. <laughs> it's really nice. God, heavy, it's very, heavy punnage. It's, uh, it's very boozy, isn't it? I feel like we're going to have a boozy evening. We already had um, champagne before we started this podcast. Oh yeah, as a housewarming. As a housewarming. And now and I had a bit of creme de cassis in mine, so my champagne was extra boozy. Now mm. we're having this. Yeah, well we're having this because we went to see Hamlet. So I thought, I literally was just like, what can I make? Gimlet, sounds like Hamlet, and then tea, to tea or not to tea. It's all about the pun. So, Hamlet. This was a show that we originally booked in 2019, I believe, when it went on sale for the 2020 season at the Young Vic. And it was Hamlet, and we booked it because Kush Jumbo was in it, and we love The Good Wife and The Good Fight TV show, which she is in. So we were excited to see that anyway. COVID hit, the whole season pretty much got cancelled. Um, we had the Orpheus, the House Music Opera, Portia Coughlin, we wanted to see. Those all got cancelled, but Hamlet has been their first show back. So it's the kind of only one that survived that season. And so we rebooked to see it. It's now sold out. So sorry if you haven't got tickets yet. You might be able to get a return. Exactly. But hotly, hotly awaited, first show back at the Young Vic. Hamlet's directed by Greg Hersov, who was at the Royal Exchange Manchester as the artistic director there. And I think he has worked with Kush before, um, because I read, you know, he said something like long-time collaborator with her. So they've obviously done productions before. I know she's got a theatre background. Yeah, so this is a production starring a, a female actress, a female identified actress playing Hamlet. But they haven't changed um, any of the pronouns of the text and... So she's sort of, for all intents and purposes, playing it um, as male, I guess. Cause yeah, that... definitely. She's playing it as a sort of very streetwise male. Yeah. She's but very she's... kind of, um, yeah. you know, like the way that she's kind of wearing baggy jeans, leather yes. jacket. But I also felt she wasn't um, overly like butching it up. This doesn't feel like a drag king no. style. She's not, oh, I'm, I'm a bloke. No. She's 
playing it very just not gender neutral but as in she's just not overdoing it that's just good acting isn't it Mm -hmm. that's just good acting it's not in she's not doing any of the maleness in the performance outwardly it's just within the character yeah so I guess look that's the reason to see this production that's why everyone's excited because Akush and spoiler alert she's brilliant in it so she doesn't um she didn't disappoint did she no oh she was absolutely captivating to watch and really held um held my attention i think as a product as a show hamlet is it always sort of hangs on who's playing hamlet but you know we saw andrew scott doing it at the almeida at the almeida um you know every, all the big people have done it because obviously it's got like one of the most famous of all shakespeare speeches to be or not to be to tea or not to tea um <laughs> And so it's one of those shows where whoever's playing it, they have to be, it sort of all hangs on them. And this production hangs on Cushion. I think she delivers really well. And I think the rest of the cast did really well as well. So Adrian Dunbar plays Claudius and a lot of people know AKA him from... AKA Hastings. From Line of Duty. Oh, which, what a man. What a man. I mean, I think that show is a load of trash. Oscar, don't say that. No, Line of Duty's trash. Anyway, oh. what did you think of him in this production? I thought it was excellent. He's excellent in everything he does. I thought he was just okay. No, I thought he was really good and he delivers his lines effortlessly. That's, That's what true. I love about I his think... inflection of speech. I guess it's because of his accent as well. I didn't Is think he... he was like very dislikable, like, but maybe that was a directing choice. I didn't feel like, I thought he was supposed to hate Claudius a bit more. He didn't seem like sleazy enough to be the sort of man that would marry his brother's wife two months after I thought he, he maybe murdered slick. him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was a choice. You know, his suits were nice. He seemed slick. He seemed... Too slick. Too slick, yeah. Yeah. I I thought he was great. I think he's excellent in everything. Yeah. I thought Nora Lopez-Holden, who played Ophelia, did a good job because that's a hard role because the going crazy bit is, you know, it's tough and it can be quite annoying if it's done wrong because, you know, well, it's like a hysterical mania when her brother's killed. I'm sorry, her father's killed. And so I thought she did a pretty good job. I didn't find her annoying. And that's always good with an Ophelia. Mm, it's um, a hard, it's a soppy role. It's not the role that you kind of identify with either. No, I mean, I don't identify with Hamlet either because I didn't really, that's a problem with all most productions. And it's one that this production didn't like solve is I don't really understand why he treats her so poorly. Mm. I know he's sort of acting out generally. I just, I just don't quite get it. So the moment when he says, oh, I loved her, that's not a heartbreaking Romeo and Juliet style moment of anguish it's when he finds out she's dead. And they all treat women awfully. It's not all men. It's but all it, men down the page. No, it's not all men, but it is always men. That's the that's the. <laughs> oh line. my god, Oscar, you're so right. It's you true. are so right, and I mean, that's the title of this podcast. Yeah, it's not all men, but it is always men. Yeah, I didn't come up with that, by the way. Oh, that's you, not no. Oh, Oscar, god, I was I, thinking you're like the most funniest, amazing person ever. No, I wish I came up with that. It's it's like a well, well, not, you know, it's a thing I've read, and it's true. It's not all men, but it is it's always, always men. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, men are trash. Um, <laughs> Speaking men, some other um, Polonius played by Joseph Marcel. I thought he was great because Hamlet's serious, and but Polonius gives you some light relief. With uh, together with no, who? Which one was Polonius? Polonius was um, Ophelia's father, and he sort of had his notebook, and he was quite fastidious. Oh, and he had his signet ring on. Yes, yeah, he was great. He didn't play it too bumbling and idiotic because you know Hamlet sort of refers to Polonius as a bumbling fool a lot. He didn't overdo it, but he was quite particular, and so he he got those light moments which you definitely need. And I I liked the way that in they managed to make some of the dialogue hasten along quite well yeah. by making it modernized. Like his bumbling bit, they they had people sometimes talking over other people, and you know when you think, great, let's get this dialogue over and done with, mm-hmm. and let's let's not wait for people to finish their lines because 
it makes it more colloquial and it gets us through it quicker. Yeah. Having said that... Excuse the noisy car outside. Having um, said that. Having said that, boy, was it a long play. Mm, yeah, but... Mm, it, yes, it's three hours. But I don't. I didn't feel long to me. It yes. felt long to me. Oh. It felt long. I'm not saying I wasn't like this is going on. Like, but it didn't, it didn't drag for me. Mm. I didn't find it dragging. So I, I've sat through things, you know, and been like, wow, didn't feel... Like, what was the Jez Butterworth play that was so... Oh, long? yes, The Ferryman. Gosh, oh, yeah, and that, I, that, that rollicked through. That was like an hour. Felt like an hour. And That's true. Yeah. It, this, this kind of towards the end, I was really starting to th- feel. Mm. It did feel long. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. I think the. Um, did they so, need to add that dancing bit in, for example? No, I liked those bits, and I wanted a little bit more of them. Like when they brought the modern music in, and I liked it when Kush kind of took the mic and I can't oh, remember what brilliant. song. What song she the did? Rap. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, that was a good moment, and when. Her, um, Hamlet and Ophelia dance with the headphones. I think you kind of need those bits because I think one of the things that I found most disappointing maybe as a production was the setting. Yeah, you're right. Because I felt that the Andrew Scott version, to compare it to one of the last ones I saw, they'd chosen an idea. They'd gone for what the Danish royal family might be like if they were sort of famous modern celebs like... Kate and Wills, or like even the Kardashians, like they they're had, being they had bouncers, they had yes, security, they're being they had surveilled. surveillance. They're living in a very plush Danish sleek design sort of mansion. Um, this had gone modern in the costume stuff, but the set with these sort of big pillars that sort of rotated and so I'm like, are we in a weird futuristic David Fincher's Alien Three bleak brutalist stone world? But then. But then nothing else signals that because then made.com chairs come on with velvet. Then then sitting in, I'm like, that just didn't, they, they hadn't really followed that through. Yeah, so right. And what like world was this set in? the queen sat on. Just what world was it set in? Was this modern day mm. Denmark? Was this modern day London? Was this... Because a lot of it, um, we should talk about the um, the comedy duo. Oh yes, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Because they were vaping, they're taking selfies. They were... Yeah, they got some light relief in they, there. That was fun. I liked that. Yeah, that was fun. That worked for me a lot. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I thought that was a fun idea. Those moments were good. Um, that was that brought in like a modern vibe. It felt like modern London, modern. Yeah, if you're whatever. vaping and you're taking selfies and yeah, yeah, when they spoke, they had that and they were wearing costume that would look. But I'm like, but what are these big pillars? Whereabouts yeah. in London is this set? Is this England? I like. I felt that like they could have tied it in better. Were they I supposed also to be loved tower blocks? The, I don't know. Um, the modern, the grave digger. Who that was, was really a sort good. of Jamaican guy? Who was uh, Leo, what was his name? Leo Ringer, I think. Oh, he had was this called. fantastic Jamaican accent, and he was, you know, that swigging from the bottle as he was digging a grave. And actually, the grave was sunken into the set, and I thought that was really effective because the the coffin that was brought on, Ophelia's coffin, looked really heavy. Mm-hmm. They had people specifically to bring it on, yeah. Not just, you know, there's quite a few people that then left. Mm. And then they sunk that into the ground and then covered the stage back up. And so you're sat there thinking, there is somebody yeah. under that stage. And I thought yeah. that worked really well. And then her brother, Ophelia's brother, played by... He was played by uh, Jonathan Ajayi. I think he did, right. he did for Flaties. me probably star performance. He was good. He had a real presence, didn't he? That crying and mm. and the way that his knees went. Mm. I thought that was really, really slick. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, his anger felt real as well towards... Yeah. So for me, Kush obviously stole the show, was everything I'd hoped for and more. And he was great. And then Hastings, I heart you. Yeah, I thought he was average. But maybe that's just because I've got a deep-seated hatred for that show. But yeah, I think we all had we all had a really good time seeing it. And I mean, it's sold out, so... 
Um, it's not something, if you haven't seen it and think, oh, I'd like to see that, you're going to have to just call up for returns tickets because I don't think they're doing their returns queue anymore, probably for a COVID There thing. wasn't an empty seat in the house. No. Uh, yeah, it was lovely to be back at the Young Vic because um, I, I love that theatre and I'll be interested to see when they launch their new season because obviously we've missed out on a whole season of theirs, so I'll be interested to see what do. And it's lovely to be back in London now, just that close that much closer to theatre to go and see things Mm. we haven't got anything booked but do you know what we have booked the national theatres um put two performances on sale oh yeah small islands is back small islands is back which had rave reviews yeah and based on the andrew levy novel and it's had yeah huge levy 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 um so that's coming back and then we've also booked emma rice wuthering heights oh yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, there's good availability. Book now. Yes. They've only just gone on sale. So they'll be, yeah. It's worth booking this. We booked £20 tickets for both of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't wait for us to tell yes. you they're amazing. Just go and book and then well, you can my listen friend, along. My friend Georgie just went to see The Normal Heart, which is currently on there. And she said it's incredible. So I haven't booked tickets for that. So I'm now going to have to sort of scrub around and see if I can do it and look into what they're... Is it a play? Yeah, um, a long play longer than Hamlet mm. tell you that but I really want to see it and that might be the case of having to do rush tickets yeah I'm going to have to yeah they do rush on a Friday on their mm-hmm. website don't they so I have to look into that because she said it was incredible she's like crying face emoji oh yeah it's very crying moving crying face about, emoji like sad yes it's about um, the early day it was written in 1985 so it's very current it was written about the early 80s and the AIDS pandemic in uh, New York and so it's a sort of activist. It's about the, what's he called? Kramer, Larry Kramer, a gay rights activist. Um, and it's, I've seen the film. Ryan Murphy did a film with Mark Ruffalo. Of course he did. And of course he did. Um, and Judy Roberts is in it. It's a really good film. Very moving. So I'd love to see the play. Speaking of Ryan Murphy, have mm-hmm. you seen the new series of Pose? Season three. Yeah. No, oh, no, I haven't started. I haven't started. I will. I will. I mean, obviously I've told you already it's nothing compared to series one. But there are some really big like numbers in it, and okay. it's quite fun. Gosh, numbers, yeah, I love yeah. That. Okay, so yeah, we need to book some more stuff other than well, our. Why national. don't we go and see? Why don't we book this Friday to see that show that you said at the national? Yeah, we should try and see the normal heart. Yeah, that's what I want to see, and I feel like there's loads of stuff. All the shows are starting to come back. Um, all the kind of big West and End Juliet shows. Juliet was on Radio Two today. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Alex, you know Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. So she sat in for Michael Ball today, right? Because he's back in the West End, so he's obviously resting his voice. Okay. And Grandma says that Alex Jones is always acting daft, and now I agree with her. She literally within two. Oh, seconds, our grandma's saying that. Yeah. When you said grandma, it's like no, sorry, grandma is always like, oh, yeah. Alex Jones. She's always acting daft. That girl. I, she is. She just can't even get her words out. And um, within two lines of opening Michael Ball show today, she's like fluffed it, and she's like, you know, she's she's just getting her lines wrong. She can't, Daft is her style. She just can't. Yeah. I might concentrate on what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, and then she introduced um, the singer from Anne Juliet, who's called I think Oscar. Oh, um, uh, Teak Lee, Miriam no. Teak Lee. Oh, Cassidy Hansen. Cassidy Hansen. Yeah. But she introduced her as Cassidy Johnson. Oh dear, Alex, Alex Jones. get your shit together, girl. You're taking over Michael Ball's show. Like, come Don't on. get Cassidy Hansen's name wrong. Yeah, it was so embarrassing. You know I mean? Anyway, so then Cassidy John wasn't embarrassing, but you know, these things it was, happen. It's no Adele Zim. <laughs> Explain to the listeners what you mean by that. I think anyone listening 
We'll know what Delta said. No, but tell people because then they can look it up. It's really funny. If you've not seen it yet, come on. The Oscars from, I don't know what year, with John Travolta came out to introduce Adina Menzel singing the song from Frozen. Yeah. And he just totally fluffed it. Firstly, you could tell that he was struggling to read that auto cue because he was really stilted. And then he was like, introducing the The wickedly wickedly talented... He doesn't know what he really He just doesn't know how to pronounce it. And then that what's name. also good, which he may not have followed up on, is the next year's Academy Awards when they oh let's make a joke of it. They bring him stop. they bring him and her back on stop. to present an award together to do like a jokey thing, him apologizing to her and it's I a funny can't. thing. He holds her chin. He puts his hand it's around so her chin. And he doesn't let go. He doesn't let go for it like the whole thing. And then she's like, oh my God, you can just see her being like, you're making it worse. You're, ma- you're holding my chin. Why does he do that? He doesn't let go either. He just I holds that chin. I don't understand what he's thinking. It's so weird. It's so awkward. I couldn't, you know when you're sort of, you need to look away. Yeah. Because it's making you actually, I can't, <laughs> um, it's so bad. Right, we're rambling now. We've yeah, had wait, too why, many sips of this. But why did we get onto Adele Adele Dazim, Cassidy Anson. Cassidy Anson. Singing from Anne Juliet. Anne, Anne Juliet's, Juliet's back, back yeah. in the West End. You need to see it. So I do good. really, so really, really want to go and see that. I, I need to see that again. When are you so going to fun. see Heathers? Oh, I'm going to see Heathers at the end of October down in Brighton as part of its tour. Very excited. So I'll have a review for that soon cool and then if you love it and you're like Alice you have to see this mm-hmm. it's going to the Wimbledon Theatre ah. the first week of November oh so it's probably going right after okay yeah so if you're like go 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 I'm okay. gonna go and see it we did review it on this podcast before um I can't remember the episode number you can scroll on through and yeah. find it when it I was really in the West End. What you think I think you're gonna love it okay. but I just want to know yeah so next episode we're not sure what we'll have reviewing but we're going to book some more stuff mm. back in London go we've see got to put the shark is broken oh we've got to put the sharks are broken that was top tip from the last episode so we're going to do that if you guys listening have any things that you think we should be booking um, let us know on our Instagram it's at theatre club podcast do follow us there and thanks again for listening we'll be back soon hopefully with some more theatre reviews and some if there's more any news, more advice you'd like on booking tickets for things or where to sit in a theatre we've yep. sat in every theatre we know every seat We'll look into it for you. Yeah, we'll tell you. Yeah, get in touch on Instagram. Um, Thanks again for listening. Al, thanks for coming over to the new place. Uh, I love it already. I hope this podcast hasn't been too noisy. There are cars cars here. I don't live in the countryside anymore. So Get used to Oscar. There's been one delivery driver. That's true. This isn't like when we used to record. There's some episodes of this podcast in your Stoke Newington flat back in the day. It's like, wow. There's all sorts of stuff. We'll be be back at you soon with another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Until then, keep drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.